You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. Growing up, there was one word that I always dreaded hearing out of my parents' mouth when it came pertained to church. And that was one word, revival. We're going to a revival. You know what that usually meant as a child? Three, four, five hours of being hungry and not being able to go to eat. And I'm looking around going, would you finally, somebody get saved so we can go to Golden Corral, right? Because that's where all the people I went growing up. Uh, one thing that Corona killed was Golden Corral. Uh, did it? <laughs> Are they dead? Did they? They did? They're all dead? Okay, well, you know, I always thought that that might be like a, a, a minefield of bad things, but you know, Corona proved it, right? <laughs> Take a pandemic to kill the things that we really didn't need to be eating. You know, that's, I mean, that's a great idea. Why don't we go to a place that has a bunch of unhealthy things and just fill up on it? But anyway, growing up, I used to hate revival. And, and this isn't to knock any churches that do revival. Uh, people have asked me before, why don't we do revival here? Well, I'll tell you why. One of the worst things that we could possibly do to get people to come to church is ask them to come to a three to four hour service and want them to stay in church, right? They may come once, they may ask, they may act like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever, and they are never coming back. Because <laughs> listen, guys, I mean, preaching used to, I grew up, the preacher would preach, he just got preaching at about an hour. And now I time myself. And I, my, my internal clock goes, you got to shut up at 25 minutes. Otherwise, you check out because you're the YouTube generation. You, you, can't, you can't pay attention for longer than really eight minutes, they say. <laughs> so if you'll notice, I reshift gears about every eight minutes because you've already checked out and looking at something else. But guys, I've always, I've always wondered, why is it that we do these long church services when revival looked very different in the New Testament. If you look at the apostles, how did they bring revival? They went to the marketplace and they healed people. They went to the marketplace and saved people. They went to the marketplace and filled people with the Holy Spirit. And you know what we say? Y'all come on. Y'all come on, sit in these chairs, listen to this boring preacher for an hour, and that'll get you saved, right? No, we've got a much better evangelism strategy than that. Take the Holy Spirit to the street. And so today I've been looking forward to ending this series. I always wanted to, when, when we talk, talk, talk in revival, this is the passage I've go to. So today the title of my message is, What Does Revival Look Like? What does revival look like? Notice I'm resetting because you're ADD and you've already spaced out. So we're resetting and I'm bringing you back to focus. Okay, you didn't know that I do that, but that's what I'm doing. So 
Mother's Day. You heard about Mother's Day. Okay, listen, ladies. Ladies, now, we celebrate ladies on Mother's Day. We know Mother's Day can be kind of a minefield for a few things. Not going to explain it. You know. So any lady over the age of 18, you will be entered into a drawing to win a Monty Massage VIP nail salon, Starbucks, and one more that I can't remember. Mary Kay. I forgot my mom. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're also adding a Cincy basket. Woohoo! Right. Yeah, I've been off topic a long time. Okay, children's volunteers meeting is next week. So, um, make sure you get that. We will still provide lunch just next week, not today. <laughs> next week. Next week. Okay. Uh, and so. Everybody be here Mother's Day. Bring your moms, bring your friends. Any female over the age of 18, you will be entered in to win all of those wonderful prizes. And trust me, it's no strings attached. You just get to go and have a massage. Monica, is Monica here? Have you used your massage from last year yet? No. Use it! <laughs> so y'all, y'all text Monica this week and be like, you go use your massage. Use it or we'll give it away again, okay? <laughs> I'll, I'll volunteer as tribute. Anyway, okay. So, what does revival look like? <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. I'm glad you get it. Nobody else did. <laughs> what does revival look like? So, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. And I know you Pentecostals in the room are like, Woo! It's about to get Pentecostal up in here. Because it's not Pentecostal, it's Pentecostal, right? Like the, the coin, because we're in the South. Pentecostal, right? Right? Okay. Don't worry, Renee. I said it in the first service too. Uh, and so she thinks I'm calling her out, but I'm not. Uh, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Here we go before I get in trouble. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem devoted men. And at this sound, a multitude came together and they were bewildered because one was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and they were astonished. Then it goes on to list all these names in which you're going to make fun of me because I'm going to mispronounce. But you can go home and mispronounce them to yourself. And it ends, verse 13, but others mocking them said, they are filled with new wine. The mocking people said that they were drunk. But what we see is my first point. We saw signs and wonders. When revival breaks out, what does revival look like? First and foremost, point number one is signs and wonders. There were three signs in this passage. If you're a student, you got all of them. But for the rest of us, I'll point them out to you. Number one, a sound of a mighty rushing wind. Number two, there were separated tongues of fire. You could literally see fire in that room. That's why anytime you see Holy Spirit and stuff, you see fire, fire, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's why. Uh, and, and three, the use of different languages. Now the Holy Spirit gave them this utterance. Now, 
the Holy Spirit can take someone that did not speak. In this, it gave a whole bunch, but say, we'll just use for our context, the Holy Spirit could give me utterance in Spanish. Now, in high school, I got a D in Spanish, but D stands for diploma, so I passed, okay? Okay, don't judge me, all right? I went on and got, I, I passed the theology courses that mattered. I just did not pass Spanish, C, okay? Uh, and I'm still bad at it, just ask Mo's mom. I called her a senorita, uh, and she said, no, 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 I'm a senora. Then she explained to me why, and I'm still trying to get over that to this day. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was, yeah. Anyway, uh, and, but the Holy Spirit made it to where these people were fluent in languages that they didn't understand. It was a miracle. It was a sign. It was a wonder. That was the moment that Jesus was talking about. Now, if you'll remember, if you've, if you've read your Bible, even if you haven't, I'll tell you. Jesus, before he left, he told the disciples to wait for a sign. This was the sign they were waiting for. But guys, here's what you have to understand. One of the greatest church growth strategies in the book of Acts was the supernatural gifts of God. Why have we gone away from that? Do you know why I have to give away massages, pedicures, Starbucks, Mary Kay, Cindy? I think I got them all this time. You know why I have to give that away? Because we don't take the spirit to the streets. Yes, I'm bribing you to come to church. Because we've become a generation, we've become a generation that we need to be spoon-fed. We're like babies. I always love when my babies, I didn't have to feed them anymore. Do you know how monotonous it is, if I can say the word, how monotonous it is, I can't even say it, to feed, to feed the baby? Just sit there, wipe their, more, sit, wipe, feed, wipe. But that's the American church. You just want to be fed. That's, you know, and I'm, welcome to Hope Church. I'm so glad you came today. Uh, but that's us. We have to do these things and giveaways. But guess what? If you took the Holy Spirit to the streets, I wouldn't have to do anything. Guys, you realize it's not my job to attract people to church. Yes, it's one thing that I will do. But you know whose job it is to get people in this church? You. And you know what the Lord gave you to get people in this church? The Holy Spirit. But guys, this world is for supernatural things. You're like, well, how do you know that this world is for supernatural things? One of the most popular books and series there is. You ready, nerds? You ready? Harry Potter. Like Expelliarmus, right? Is that how you say it? Right? <laughs> right. Push your glasses up. Uh, and <laughs> Harry Potter. And what is it? It's talking about sorcery. You know, really, it's, it's, it's demonic things. But, you know, I'm not preaching against that today. You, you discern in your own spirit. But we love these things. What's one of the biggest holidays? Halloween. What do we do on Halloween? We go to... We, we pay people to scare us. That makes sense, right? If I scared someone in my house growing up, I'd get my head knocked off. Like, you scared my dad, he'll kill you. I'm just letting you know. You playing around? Hi. Uh, 
that was my upbringing. We have to go, Dad, I'm coming into the house. Uh, anyway. <laughs> but we pay people to scare us. We pay people to go to house with ghosts. Guys, there is, there is a time in my life that I will never get this time back. I went with my beloved in-laws to Loretta Lynn's Ranch. Anybody ever been there? Don't waste your time. Um, but, but it was great. It was awesome. Then we paid a little extra to tour the house. Yes. And then we got the tour guide. You know, the tour guide, right? That one tour guide that he really loves his job. And you're like, man, we're not, we're not paying that much for this, man. Calm down. He's sitting there. He goes, be quiet. Listen. You can hear Civil War ghosts down there. <laughs> sitting there going, what the? What are we doing here? He's like, there's ghosts down in there. And you don't believe me? Go watch Ghost Hunters. You can find it on YouTube. Ties Ghost Hunters Loretta Lynn's Ranch. You'll see the guy I'm exactly talking about. And he, and he does the same thing. He goes, there's Civil War ghosts down there. Well, let me tell you something. The devil can pose in whatever ways he want, he, we want him to. So guys, there's spirits all around us. We acknowledge these things. We pay money for people to scare us. We, we, we pay for Harry Potter, these sorcery things. But you know you have access to the Holy Spirit anytime you want to. Anytime you want to. Now, hear me. I, I'm not preaching against Harry Potter today. But let's keep reading. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Now, when they heard this... They were cut to the heart. Guys, the Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, right? So it's saying right here, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of them, Peter had just gotten done preaching a long sermon. And you know what he said? Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And after that, thousands of people were saved and baptized. So another thing, practical thing that revival looks like is people are saved and baptized. It's my second point. People are saved and baptized. Notice what happened. After the signs and wonders of the Lord, people were saved and baptized. Guys, in, in some of the Pentecostal circles, that I run in from time to time. I feel like sometimes we do the signs and wonders for our own benefit. When they are true signs and wonders from the Lord, people are saved and baptized. People's lives are changed. People are transformed. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. Because when you see the supernatural gifts of God manifest in the scriptures... When you see it in here, people were always, three underlines under that, always saved. They were always transformed. And so guys, if we have a mighty move of God in this place, if it is of the Lord, people will be transformed. And guys, I want you to know, I don't want the signs and wonders for the sake of the signs and wonders. I want them... Because I know that is our tool to get people transformed. You're like, well, pastor, what, what, does that, what does that mean? Hey, don't you think if God divinely heals someone in the line at Walmart, they're going to pay attention? Right? Don't you think if the Lord gives you a word 
in the line at Walmart and you say, hey, I, the Lord told me that somebody's sick in your family. Can I pray for them? And they're sitting there like, what the heck? Like, they're like the guy at the, at the ghost hunters. There's slaves down there. Anyway. <laughs> That's what he said. There's Civil War slaves. They're down there. They're ghosts. Anyway, I'm, I'm still reliving my, my Loretta Lynn ranch. Okay, let's keep reading. I'm getting off topic here, okay? Acts 8, verse 14, it says, Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John, who came to them and prayed for them that they may receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Notice what this says. It said, they heard about a move of God in Samaria. They heard people were saved. They heard people were set free, but they had not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. So they said, Peter, or excuse me, yeah, Peter and John, you go down there, you lay hands on them, you fill them with the Holy Spirit. Guys, I grew up. So number three, they're trying to get me to, put, to say this. Number three, people were filled with the Holy Spirit. People were filled with the Holy Spirit. Guys, notice what they said. You were saved, you were baptized, but wait, there's more, right? Y'all have seen that commercial late at night, but wait, there's more. Guys, that's what I struggled with growing up. I grew up Baptist, as many of you knew, and, I, and I'm not speaking against my Baptist brethren. They are, they are some of the most God-fearing people on this planet, but the one verse I always struggled with was this right here. If they were saved and they were baptized, isn't that it? Why would they send Peter and John to lay hands and then receive the Holy Spirit if they had been saved and baptized? There has to be something else. But guys, the baptism of the Holy Spirit took the disciples from running for their lives, scared to death, to world changers. Imagine what it could do for you. Imagine what it could do for you. Now, guys, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I, I planned my whole life to be a worship pastor. If you, if you didn't notice, I'm in my element up here. I'm comfortable with this. I, I used to be a worship pastor, but I, I wasn't quite as eloquent as, as Pastor Mo is. I, I wouldn't talk. I'd just play my song, sing, and then go, amen, sit down. That's all I do. I was scared to talk in front of people. And I've always asked, you know, what was the difference? What was the difference between worship pastor Todd to lead pastor Todd? What's the difference? What was the two? And you know what? God spoke to me very clearly. He said, you know what? There was a little thing that you're leaving out in between. I went from identifying myself as a Baptist as identifying myself as a Pentecostal. Why? Because I was filled with the Holy Spirit. God took me from just someone that could lead worship. And I'm not downplaying leading worship, not at all. But he took me to the next level. He said, not only have I made you a worship leader, I've made you a preacher too. And God likes to do things so that we know it's only him. You know, a lot of people will ask me, well, pastor, how do you, how do you write your messages? How do you do this? How do you do this? I really don't have a lot of good answers for you. It's just the Holy Spirit. I sit in my office and, and I go, okay, Lord, what do you want to do this week? And I come out of the, I, I go away in a hiding place and I come out and have a decent message like, yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. Amen. Right. <laughs> and, and that's what I do. 
But guys, imagine what God can do for you if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, our, our denomination, I, I know this is, some of you walked into this church, you thought we were just a normal church. No, we're a Pentecostal church. Uh, you know, the snakes are back there. Um, I'm joking. There is no snakes here. Uh, and I will shoot all of them, okay? I'm not a, I'm not a snake person. Uh, those of you that love snakes, God has a special place for you. Uh, and I, it's not for me. It's not for me, okay? So we won't, we won't be handling snakes here. But, but here's what I want you to know. We will be open to the move of the Spirit. And the, the denomination, their, our official t- stance on being filled with the Holy Spirit is the initial physical evidence of, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Now that's our official statement. Now some people, and here's the thing, you get to decide. I'm just going to present everything to you and you decide. Some people think that there are three distinct moves that indicate spirit baptism. Number one would be speaking in tongues. It's the most obvious outward. Number two, it's a little bit harder to prove, is the prophetic. God gives a word of the Lord to you and it is claimed to be true. That would be, like I said, it's a little bit harder to prove. And number three, even more harder to prove is divine healing. All three of those, some theologians would say, could indicate a baptism of the Holy Spirit. But guys, what I'm saying to you is, quit worrying about what sign it is and just get all the Holy Spirit has for you. Because guys, the Holy Spirit can take you from someone running afraid to a world changer. Guys, do you understand that these disciples, they went from being scared, hiding in a room, a bunch of women said, he is risen. They're like, no, he hadn't. No, he hadn't. Right, ladies? It's your whole life. Men don't believe you, right? No, he hadn't. Mm-mm. Prove it. And it takes Jesus walking through a wall for them to go, oh, maybe these ladies are right, right? And I know. Come on, preach, ladies. I'm, I'm helping you out here, okay? Jesus told ladies first, and then, and then he had to present himself so the men could actually understand, right? But you ladies got it from the, from the get-go, right? There's a message here. Y'all are not getting on this with me, okay? I'm saying women are more sensitive to the spirit, okay? That's what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, but I don't know where I was going that, but uh, the Holy Spirit can fill you. He took the disciples who were scared to death, hiding in a house. Women had to tell them and they didn't believe it. And Jesus himself, they still were scared. But on this day, the day of Pentecost, They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they changed the world. Do you know that some, there's some church history that talk about this movement, the disciples going as far as India and to some Southern Asian areas. That's how far it went. They went to the known world at the time and changed it. And they faced up against one of the greatest empires known to man in Rome and said, kill me, I don't care. They went from running afraid to most of them were beaten, bruised, killed, burned at the stake, and they stood there and said, it is well with my soul. What's the difference? The Holy Spirit. So guys, if you haven't noticed, we've provided some room for the Holy Spirit today. We only did two worship songs. We got two more worship songs for you. So in just a minute, we want 
you to have the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit if that's what you're looking for. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you in your life today as the worship team comes back? Number one, have you been transformed by Jesus? One thing I know for sure today is you will not receive the Holy Spirit if you have not first been transformed by Jesus. If you have not given your heart over to Jesus, you will not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, the two can happen interchangeably. You can get saved and then filled all at the same time. That can happen, okay? God's God. He can do whatever he wants. But I know for sure, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, first you have to give your heart over to Jesus. So, if you're running into a roadblock, maybe start there. I don't know. Number two. Number two is, are you ready to bring revival to the streets. Are you ready to bring revival to the streets? Guys, you know, I, and I don't want to downplay revivals. There's church that do them well. But the only way we're going to get the people in this place is if we take the power of the Holy Spirit that we feel in here every Sunday and we take it and unleash it on these people. Guys, if we get people saved, if we get people healed, if we get people set free, if we get, if we get if we use the signs and wonders the way the Lord has given them to us, people will be rushing into this place. And I'm here to tell you, they're ready. They want it. They're looking for a sign, especially during this whole corona pandemic. They're like, they're looking for a sign of if, if God's real. And you may be that instrument. You may be that sign that they're looking for. Number three. Do you need the power of God in your life today? Now, in just a moment, worship team's gonna play two more songs. We'll take as much time as we need. We're in, this, we're in the second service. We're not running up against the, we're not running up against the roadblock of having a, to let out for another service. So we're gonna take as much time as we need. We're gonna have some people to pray for you. Uh, some of them are gonna be in the back. Some can be up here in the front if they choose to. But if you want the Holy Spirit, we're going to have some people to pray over you today. But guys, let me encourage you with this. For me, it didn't happen in a service where people were laying hands on me. Now it can happen, and, and we see scripturally that that is a, the biblical way to do it. But if it doesn't happen here, don't worry about it. You may go home and it may happen when you least expect it. Just begin to prepare your heart. So don't be discouraged today. If you pray and it doesn't happen in here, just be open. God can do it at any place at any time. But we're going to have some people that are here. But here's what I want you to do. Those of you that have been filled with the Spirit, guys, I want us to be excited to worship the Lord in this place. I don't want us to just sit there. I want us to worship like we're a bunch of Pentecostal people, okay? I'm not going to bring the snakes out like I said, but we, we're going to be Pentecostal people and worship the Lord, okay? All right, y'all want to worship? All right, let's stand and worship.